You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I am Brent Bergherm, the host for this episode, and this is a bit of a special episode. Today, I'm joined by a LinkedIn expert, Jeff Brown. He comes all the way from the UK, and he's helped many a photographer learn and understand this social media platform. Jeff, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And tell us a tiny bit about yourself before we get started with this whole idea of LinkedIn for photographers, because to me, I'm just such a newbie to LinkedIn, and there's so many things I know I can learn from you and just anyone else. I'm I'm a you know just I want to be wide open to to anything I can do with that platform. But uh, so we can get an understanding of who you are and 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 what perspective you have. Help us understand that um, as a photographer, just you know as as a person of who you are and all that good stuff. Yeah, yep. So, uh, so I first started out really my photography journey when I was about uh, early twenties. Uh, got into photography, then uh, did a couple of weddings and portraits. Really enjoyed it. Then when I was twenty six, I joined the Royal Navy. Uh, served in the Royal Navy for ten years as a military photographer. And then when I left the Navy, obviously the the, the next thing to do really for me was to 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 stay as being a photographer. So um, I left with another guy, another photographer. From the Navy, who was also based in the northeast of England, and we set up our first business in 2004, which was Dorsch and Brown Photography, doing mainly weddings. Um, but we we really focused heavily on the marketing because we we both got grants for leaving the the armed forces. When in, in the UK, when you leave the armed forces, if you've done a certain amount of service, they'll give you money to reinvest into your, your education and your training to go back into civilian life. Cool. So I think we spent somewhere in the region about £10,000 on marketing. Uh, and I actually got hooked on it. I loved it. My business partner wasn't too impressed with marketing. He just he just went along with it. But <laughs> consequently, with, within about 18 months, we'd established our first six-figure business, just doing the wedding side. And then from there, we ended up creating a further four photography businesses. So we had five photography businesses, five different niches in all together within about three or four years, each very successful. Uh, one in weddings, we also did portraits and boudoir makeover. Um, we did commercial, which was, uh, we did construction, a lot of construction work and uh, work for hotels because we were PR trained as Navy photographers anyway. And uh, we also had a, um, a school and kindergarten nursery business and went around about 65 schools and nurseries. And, and we had a team of uh, seven photographers and two makeup artists as well. In 2014, my life changed a little bit. I, I got divorced, so sold a couple of the studios off, um, the, the businesses off. Um, and then um, I changed direction and moved into the countryside and started to do pass on my services to other photographers uh, to help them market their businesses better. And that's how I came to to establish the Six Steps to Success program, which is which is how I train everybody. And I now work with photographers in about 20 countries worldwide. Uh, I write for a couple of magazines and I'm, I'm an ambassador for the British Photography Awards. And I've also got a book published on LinkedIn, which uh, the second edition is actually coming out tomorrow. The second edition of your book is coming out tomorrow. Is that yes, what you said? Yeah, well, hopefully wow. To, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. So, All right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, so we're recording. Just so everyone knows, we're recording Sunday, May eight, May nineteen, and so by the time you listen to this, it's probably available already. So that's that's awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess let's just start with with the kind of questions I've prepared, and we'll kind of uh, veer off from that as we need to, because I definitely want to hear more about your book. But before we get to that, what is special about LinkedIn? Because as I mentioned, as I was you know just starting the the intro there uh, on you, I was just like, I'm a complete newbie to LinkedIn. Now I have had a LinkedIn profile for probably at least six years, but it has been so dormant until probably in the neighborhood of a month ago. And yep. then I came across you uh, and, and your services like a week ago, and I, I've been trying to really, for this last month or so, actually pay a little more attention, and just at least acknowledge that the platform exists. So for me and for others that need a little more selling on why LinkedIn is special, help me understand that. Yeah, well, the, the uh, LinkedIn is completely changed. I mean, a lot of people who aren't active on LinkedIn, uh, their, their first thought about LinkedIn is, yes, it's... Um, it's a platform for people who upload the CVs to try and get jobs. Yeah. And, and that's effectively what it was maybe about 10 years ago. Now, it's really, really a very professional business platform. People going on there, most B2B buyers prefer to, to make their purchases on LinkedIn. Uh, however, it's not just business people who are on there. Remember that the, the people who are on there have families, have sons and daughters who they want portraits of, whose, whose kids are getting married who um, love landscapes and pictures of their, you know, beautiful scenery. So there's so many different people on there. But the good thing about LinkedIn is, is people tend to treat the platform on a very professional basis. So it's not stupid cat videos. It's not people just putting their rants on about life and taking pictures of the food. It's people who want to, who want to improve their, their life, make connections, and ultimately build relationships, which leads to business-to-business purchases. And the other good thing about LinkedIn is the average wage on LinkedIn is about $80,000, the average earning potential. So so you've got people out there who aren't freebie hunters. They're not like the people in Facebook groups who want anything for nothing. These are people who are going to pay for services and, and, and pay the right price because that's the big problem with photography at the moment. You know, the, the, the market has become saturated with so many cut price, cheap photographers who would just sell in purely on price alone. Yes, that is... Very true. <laughs> so it's, you know, to me, and when I look at it too, about a month ago, I was making this decision to finally put a little more emphasis on LinkedIn. There's one thing is about, it's just the idea of it's just another platform, you know, social media platform to manage. And do you have some tips uh, or just best practices, maybe we could call it, you know, when I'm thinking about my Facebook my Instagram, my Twitter, and now LinkedIn. And I guess just for an FYI, I actually don't use Twitter. That's, that's something that I, again, I have an account. It's just been dormant for a, at least a year and a half or so. I do use Facebook and, and Instagram a bit, though. How does it, you know, mesh in with the others? Do I treat it? You know, you said it's more of a business-oriented style platform. I would yeah. think I have to treat it differently. So help me understand the different concepts between, you know, one's approach to Facebook versus how LinkedIn can uh, would change my approach. Yeah, well, um, LinkedIn is usually about give value and give something back to people. So first of all, I wouldn't use LinkedIn as a sales platform. I would use LinkedIn purely as a platform to build relationships with. And then if you look at my my own personal profile on LinkedIn, I probably post every single, well, I do post every single day on LinkedIn. But normally what I do is I, I post videos. Video content is brilliant. So I'll put um, top tip videos on there, which I record off, off my phone, um, you know, five minute videos, upload them to LinkedIn and I don't try and sell. Maybe once every every month I might do a sales sort of post. So I don't keep the selling. What I try and do is give value to people. So people see the videos, see what I'm putting out 
um, that I create interest in, in the basis that people come to me and then ask for me for the sale, which is fantastic because they've already, they've already established the value in what I do. So, so a lot of my clients who are photographers, I say, you know, uh, say for instance, you're a hotel photographer as they put photographs out about the hotels that you've, you've photographed, but tell a story, tell, you know, what you did for the brand, share testimonials, also give tips on how to take nice photographs of you of your own hotel using a mobile phone or something like that uh, just be helpful be but more than anything be consistent and the difference between consistency on linkedin and likes of twitter which incidentally i, I kind of stand i don't use twitter but uh with linkedin linkedin is basically between once a day and maybe three times a week that's that's how much you have to be active okay. on linkedin Okay. It's not like, it's not like Instagram. It's not like Facebook, which they say, you know, should be doing two or three times a day and Twitter, like every 10 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, if you, if you're doing more than one post a day, it can actually hurt the, uh, the algorithm and affect your, your organic reach within the platform. The other great thing about LinkedIn too is, is LinkedIn, their posts work on a basis, which is called, it works on what's called velocity. So say for instance, I put a post up and the post has really, really good content and people love it. So within the first hour to, to two hours of posting, that gets maybe 15, 20 likes, half a dozen comments and a couple of reshares. What then happens is the LinkedIn algorithm says, oh, there's a lot of people commenting on this and there's a lot of likes going on it. Bear in mind that it's not like uh, Facebook where you're getting thousands and thousands of likes, you know, like something like 30, 40 likes on a, on a post when it first goes out is, is good for LinkedIn. So you, you get quite a few likes on it. You get that engagement in the initial one to two hours. So the first one to two hours, LinkedIn will reassess that post. And if that post has quite a bit of action on it, then it will keep feeding it back into the news feeds um, for anything up to three weeks. Yeah, now, I've, I've noticed some that now that I'm you know looking at it, I actually have the app on my phone now. I've noticed some coming in from a week ago, two weeks ago. So this is basically what you're saying where – LinkedIn is thinking I'm going to be interested in it because others were interested in it, it sounds like. Yeah. In LinkedIn, you, you, you're rewarded for relevant content, relevant, helpful content in the fact that it'll keep reshowing it and reshowing it and reshowing it to, you know, so you're not having to constantly, oh God, I've got to post something again because, because likes of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, their algorithm works on, um, on, on recent, you know, so how recent the post is. Yeah. So, you know, on, on Twitter, after a day, that's dead, you know, on Facebook, maybe a maximum of two or three days. And then the post's gone without the news feed. As I say, with, with LinkedIn, three weeks is, is, is very achievable, you know, okay. so you're not having to constantly, it's, it's going to be, it's getting their consistency is so, you know, ideally once a day, but three or four times a week is good enough, but making sure you're putting quality content out there. Okay. So here's a question. You say it's not generally a, a platform where you want to be selling something. And so how do we, how do we splice that difference between something that's just trying to be informative and telling people, you know, what it's about or whatever, uh, and having it come across as a sales type pitch. Now that might be an obvious for some people, but one who is a little more weaker, you know, you mentioned your partner, you know, back in the day when you first got out of the Navy that, he wasn't so big on the marketing aspect and you really sunk your teeth into it. That's I've kind of viewed myself as that one that's potentially not so big on the marketing aspect. So yeah. I may not have that exact kind of thing uh, coming through, but also if I can read you one of my more recent posts that I put on there, 
tell me if this is a sales pitch and okay. and let's see what happens. And I'm talking about uh, that online course uh, that I had mentioned before we started recording. And so I just say meeting people and helping them with their questions. It's awesome. I'm about to jump into my first group session from for my master photo printing online course where I'll meet the people who are taking the course and ensure they are on the path to successful printing of their photos. Would you qualify that as a sales pitch? No, no, I wouldn't. Um, okay. And I think because what you could do, what you can do is you can start um, for this course is you can start talking about it. Start, so start sharing some of the information that you're going to be sharing on your course anyway. So giving tips away, but just small. Remember that with this, um, a post on LinkedIn, um, what you call it, and like a status update post, you're limited to 1,300 characters anyway. Okay. Anything over 1,300 characters you have to create is what's called a LinkedIn article. And an article is, is more like a blog. And that goes onto the LinkedIn Pulse platform, which is the biggest publishing platform in the world. And, and then it will stay on there forever. So I, I, I quite often get uh, inquiries or messages, uh, people inquiring about my services, who've seen a LinkedIn Pulse platform article that I've written three years ago because it's all um, it's, it's keyword established. So if somebody hits on the keyword in that particular article and it comes up, then I can still be getting inquiries from it. So, for instance, if you do a post and it was like, you know, this week only I'm doing headshots for um, – $150, you know, that's a sales post or come and get your headshots, $150. Okay. However, if you did, if you did a post that was again about your headshots, but you took a picture of, uh, this is Lucy, you know, so you could have a before and after. So this is, this was her previous LinkedIn headshot. This is a new headshot. Look how much more professional she looks, how, how much more engaging it is. But uh, then you say Lucy came to me because Lucy is a financial advisor. She was worried that um, she wasn't creating the right image. So after much discussion, I realized that what she wanted was to look um, trustworthy and approachable and obviously honest to her ideal potential clients. So this is the type of image I created for her. And then you could even put in, incorporate some of Lucy's fears within the post. So Lucy, you know, being a woman, she was a little bit self-conscious. She's never really had photographs taken before that she's absolutely loved uh, and, and been over the moon with. So I made sure that before she left the studio, uh, because I, I, you know, I have a 100% satisfaction guarantee that she viewed the the, the pictures because you shoot tethered or whatever and she went away absolutely over the moon and loving the photographs and now she's getting more business from her LinkedIn profile and more people inquiring. So you, you basically tell the story about what her fears were, uh, what she was wanting to achieve and then just, and this is what I did and this is how I achieved it. So throughout that that post, you've never once said, come and get your head shot with me. You've never yeah. once mentioned price. You just explain them what you've done. Um, and, and and then by doing it that way, people can then relate to it because people think, oh, yeah, actually, my headshot doesn't look that professional. And then I could probably look better. And oh, I'm not really good because this guy, he's he's going to spend time with me and, and get exactly what I want. So you, you, you're planting sort of um, seeds in their mind as opposed to just trying to sell something that, that they might not actually want. They might initially they might think, oh, well, I don't need a new photograph. But yeah. when you tell a story about it, they could relate to that, you know. So I guess it sounds like people are definitely, if it is a good story, they're they're willing to spend the time reading it and finding out about it. Is is what it yeah, boils yeah. down to. Yeah, yeah, and I think the other thing with LinkedIn as well, and um, is 
you know, people go on there initially thinking it's they've got to be a business and you haven't. You, what you got to do, one of the best ways to be on LinkedIn is to be a person because it all comes down to that age old thing. People buy from people alike. I mean, if you think when was the last time I bought a service from somebody I can't stand or somebody I don't like or a company I don't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you sometimes you have your hands tied a bit. I live in the middle of the countryside and unfortunately I have to go with a, a mobile phone network provider who I don't like. Um, because really I haven't got much coverage with anything else, but you know, normally we, we buy from people who we like and we form relationships with people who we get on with and that's what LinkedIn's all about. And, and without, um, one of the first things I would do on your own profile, looking at your profile would be to lose the avatar and have the photograph of you because people want to see you as a person. Um, so that's a big no, no on LinkedIn is like using your logo as a photo because, um, you wouldn't go to like a network meeting and introduce yourself to say, say my company's called Focus on Marketing. So I wouldn't go to a face-to-face network meeting and say, hi, my name's Focus on Marketing. Yeah. You know, my name, my name's Jeff Brown. So, so you, you become your own personal brand on LinkedIn. And then what you have is you create LinkedIn company pages in your experience section. And that is like your own website within LinkedIn. And when you, when you have uh, your company page, your company page is then effectively when you talk as a company. So on your company page, you can say we, or here at Focus on Marketing, we do this. On your personal profile, it's me. You know, me, Jeff Brown, I do this. So you see, that's how you separate it on LinkedIn. Okay, good. You mentioned the articles uh, a little bit ago, The where you, if you, you have your limited to 1300 characters in a standard post, but if you go longer than that, you need to do an article. So it's like a blog post. Does it make sense to basically reuse the blog content that I have on my website and post it here, or should it certainly be new content, new, new ways of thinking or new articles or whatever? No, no, no. I would certainly, I would certainly put it onto your, um, onto your LinkedIn platform. But what you can do is you, you can repurpose that content in maybe three or four different ways. So you can, uh, you can take it off your website. You know, that can also go into, um, can be broken down into MailChimp emails right. to go out to your to your uh, your email list but then you say for instance you've got a i don't know 3000 word blog or something like that that blog can then be created into um three or four linkedin um actual status updates okay. over the course okay of a week so you could say right you know so have the main subject but in the next week I'm going to be sharing information on you know, um, nighttime photography or something like that, or top tips for, for capturing the stars, you know, so basically you'd be putting a tip on a day, but then that whole article, uh, that whole blog post will be then u- uploaded as a complete article to LinkedIn okay. onto the Pulse platform as the full blog. So you've got maybe three or four ways of, of repurposing that content. Okay, cool. Yeah. I already do that idea with the MailChimp or I'll take, you know, uh, probably the first, paragraph or two i put it in as as the stuff on mailchimp and then there's a button to read more and that takes them to the website but as far as how to treat it on the linkedin that's the this that's the part where this is really going to help so uh, that's that's why we're here yeah, yeah that's good yeah and, and and also make sure when you do publish it as an article on linkedin bear in mind uh, it'll ask you for a headline to create a headline on sure. article try and use that headline to get your keywords in. So if right. your keywords is going to be, you know, uh, stargazing photography or nighttime photography or something like that, then make sure you get some keywords in the the headline and also try and open your first sentence with maybe two or three keywords as well. Excellent. All right. 
So let's take a look at some different genres of photography and how we might be able to use LinkedIn or some very specific ideas of what we might offer the LinkedIn audience, the, those who are there uh, on LinkedIn for these types of genres. So let's start off with the first one. That would be like a nature photographer, a landscape photographer. What kind of what kind of things should we be doing uh, that will attract attention for that type of photographer? Right. Well, I do actually have uh, a few nature and landscape photographers on the program, and yeah. what we've done is is we've um, we've tailored their their LinkedIn profiles to a particular. Well, you can do it a couple of ways. You can have it either tailored to a particular type of people or person, or industry, or tailored to. Um, maybe a particular country or area. So like one of my um, clients is a, a nature photographer in, in in Western Australia. So basically he connects with a lot of people and businesses in Western Australia and posts um, nature content, but telling stories about how beautiful and how lucky uh, we are as, as a people to live in Western Australia, being surrounded by all this beautiful nature. So he, he shares content that is relevant to the people who live in that particular area. But then he also connects with like cafes, restaurants, uh, galleries, um, places where he could exhibit his work, but also places where, you know, he could connect with like um, companies like law firms and solicitors, um, real estate and, and places like that, because these a lot of these places have big, big offices, big areas where they have wall space where they could be displaying prints. So, you know, you could be selling photographs to um, solicitors, to estate agents, that sort of stuff. So that that's probably one of the best ways is to – I also have somebody based in the UK. Um, she's based in Derbyshire, and she constantly posts on a daily basis images from her, her hometown and areas, but just different, different than what everybody else does, you know, because if you any, – any particular state or country or town or whatever will have iconic images which everybody – immediately thinks of yeah but then there's lots of other stuff or even iconic images from a different angle you know there's lots of other stuff that people you know don't be don't do the norm and, and do the same as what everybody else does post something different post other images that, of, of your particular town or area that aren't photographed as often and but then don't just post the image and go got this fantastic image at the weekend using a fuji whatever you know the shutter speed and aperture because the people who are looking at it aren't interested in that what they want to know is oh what's this about how did you get that photograph you know that angle or i had to lie down in a puddle on my stomach or something like that or i got up at five o'clock in the morning and then you you tell a bit about how you took the, the photograph but not from a photographer's point of view as a as a person i took the photograph and then tell a bit of history about or a bit of information, maybe come up, Google a few facts on that particular uh, landmark and say, did you know that, you know, it was first built in 1705 by whatever, you know? Nice. So, so make, yeah, so make that tell a story. You always tell a story with a photograph. But what a lot of photographers tend to do is to try to tell a story about the camera side of things. So yeah. oh, I was out using my, you know, and, and, the, the, and then they wonder why they don't get many likes and comments because, the only that the only piece of information that's relevant and of interest there to anybody is to other photographers. So unless you just market <laughs> into other photographers, which you're probably not, then it, it, leave that information. Out. It's not relevant to your ideal client. Sounds good. Yeah, you mentioned there connecting with galleries and the like, and I'm just like that sets a little alarm off in the back of my head because that's been one of my longtime goals is to actually connect with some galleries. So I can see that that kind of making sense for myself. But I also 
fancy myself as a, a travel photographer. And so I would have to do it more on a higher level, not probably not necessarily just my region, but just the fact that hopefully they would also consider it beautiful imagery, but just beautiful imagery, you know, from my perspective, I guess is what it has to be because while I do have some shots of just my area, I guess one of my things is I would, I would hope to be seen as a little more broadly approached about this whole idea of, of photography and nature photography and not just something, someone about Walla Walla, which is where I live. But then I also yeah. want them to recognize me as you know this this photographer from this place too. So I want to straddle that fence of both being regional and more na- international on the approach of that of the work that I do. Yeah, I mean I think one of the one of the best approaches is you know the connection approach on LinkedIn, and and the idea is where a, where a lot of people go wrong. And funny enough, I did a um, a post the other week on this, and I put this on uh, saying this is really starting to then pee me off. In, in, in exclamation marks across the top of the post. And I got so many, I got so many other photographers commenting because they do, you know, this and Jeff. Yeah. Um, we totally sympathize with you because as my net, network grows, I've got quite a big network. I've got about 60,000 followers across social media, but I've got about 21,000 on LinkedIn, which is quite high on LinkedIn. Sure. And I get now as a rule, I will not accept any connections of any companies uh, related to SEO or uh, clipping path services, as in photo manipulation, photo yeah. editing, based in India or Pakistan. And the reason being is they, they connect with you, then straight away, it's a sales post. Just bang, bang, bang. But they, they don't just send a sales post, then they'll keep going, sir, you, we give you the best price. Then they start spamming on your post. So when yeah. I put a post out, because I've got such a huge audience, they start commenting on my, my posts with sales posts to... Uh, which which just makes them look horrendous and makes them look very very unprofessional. And I think if if you um, what you want to do is you as I say you build in relationships so you can connect with people. So you would connect with another good one for yourself. You know would be to connect with magazines. So you connect with magazines or publishers, all different levels of people within those magazines and uh, you know and different types of magazines. So you connect with all them, but you don't go in and say hi, I'm a travel photographer can i sell you for some photographs you just connect and say i'm going to be sharing some fantastic stuff over you know uh, over the next few months or some of from, from some of my travels around the world or particular you know if you're connecting for a particular area say or some of my travels around new york or wherever please keep following for more information you know yeah. so so what you're doing is and then you you buy by putting this regular content out you what you tend to find is people just come to you right. and i got my first uh, two writing jobs for magazines because I connected with magazines, but I never says, can I write stuff for you because I'm a photography mentor and then you pay me. I never, you know, I never, <laughs> I never did that. All I did is I connected with them and just kept putting the content out. And within about six months, the first one comes along and says, we need to talk. I'd love you to write a column. And I'm like, all oh, right. And, and we'll pay you $900 for doing it. Oh, fantastic. You know, so it's like, <laughs> because, because they were seeing the value in what I was putting out there because I was coming up on the news feeds and because I was doing it on a daily basis, you know, if you've got that consistency and remember that one post can stay in the news feeds for three weeks, then you just get, people are just going to keep seeing you, keep seeing you. And, and if what you putting out there is, is good content and it's likable and it's got some personality in it, then people are just going to enjoy reading it. And it, it comes down, you know, you've got to be liked first well, you've got to be known first. So you've got the only way you can be known is to have a really good profile that's fully optimized, and then start posting. Once you start posting, posting stuff and you're being realistic, you're being genuine, you're being yourself, then people are going to sort of like you. Yeah. But then 
when they realize that you're not trying to sell on there, you're just trying to be helpful, then they're going to trust you. So you go through that three stages of being known, then liked, and then trusted. And when you, when you become all three, then people just go to you straight away. You know, if they, if they ever need anybody for, you know, people come to me and just say, well, I, I've been watching you for, for, I've been watching your videos for six months. How do I sign on your program? I said, well, I haven't told you the price yet. I'm not bothered. I want to join. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know? All right. Because, because they, because they, they feel like they know, they know me really, really well because they've been watching these videos every day and they, and, and they, they know that I'm not, I always say, you know, I'm not going to try and sell to you because that's not what I do. I give you the value. I tell you the price. And if you want to join up, you, you join up and that's it. I don't, I, you know, because marketing gets a bad name, you see. So you've got right. lots of people trying to sell their courses and, and trying to, oh, we've only got one place left. You've got to buy today. I don't do any of that stuff. That's not the way I work. You oh, know? And music because, to my ears. <laughs> because of that, um, because I'm crap at sales anyway, because of that, then more people come to me, you know, and, and, yeah. they're, and they're quite happy to approach me and ask about it. And then, and you know, if they, if they can't afford it or it's not right for them, then they just say, Oh, that's fine, Jeff. You know, but what they'll do is they'll always respect me and they'll always keep liking my stuff because I've been genuine to them and I've been helpful to them, you know? So, so, and what I do is I quite often people will come and they'll approach me, um, on LinkedIn and they'll drop a message and say, Oh, Jeff, I've been watching your videos. Can you give me some feedback on, on this or, or a bit of advice on the website. And then what I do is I'll go into their profile or I'll go into their website and then I'll drop them a, a message back on LinkedIn, but I'll record a video. So I record a personal video for that person and send them the message back and I'll say, hi, I've uh, got a question. Just I'm, I'm dyslexic. It takes ages to type anything up. I thought I'd just send you this quick video, right? This is what I'd do, blah, blah, blah. And, and also I checked out your website. I, I would remove this, put this headline here, move this up to here, maybe change your font to this. Give them a bit of advice for maybe two or three minutes. And then that's it. Cool. The response I get back from that is amazing because people can't believe I've taken the time to do it. And so even if they don't join my program, what they do is they continually like and reshare my stuff because they feel they owe it to me because I did this for free, because I did that for them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's really the way you work on LinkedIn, you know, just give, 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 and then the, everything comes back to you in the end. I would truly say that it's probably how you need to do a, otherwise too. I just had uh, with one of my clients in my uh, class, my, my online course, they were having problems with something on their printer. And this was even before the group session happened. And I helped over the email. And when we got on to the group session, there were I guess I don't want to say sheepish per se, but it was just, you know, uh, she she felt like it was potentially a, a silly issue. I was like, no, if you're having this problem, other people are having this problem too. And we need to get it out there. It, it just, it can make someone feel silly though, if it's, if it's such a simple fix. But the yeah. fact that I was, I happened to be there on email, I guess this was on Friday and that's one of the days I work from home. So I happened to be on email like right away. So it was, I guess, a little bit impressive too with a, a quick turnaround time because I don't always uh, be able to turn around that quickly. But definitely they were very grateful for uh, just how that all transpired because we were able to solve that problem in like a half an hour only over email. You know, how how much quicker could we have been if we had been live connected? But still it was yeah, yeah. Uh, quite, quite a bit of value for this person, I think. So LinkedIn, it seems this is where you really gravitate towards that idea too. But anyway, let's let's move on to the idea of a portrait slash wedding photographer. If if our listeners are in that genre, what are some particular ways that those types of photographers would use LinkedIn to uh, better their their business uh, output there? 
Right. Well, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. So let's let's imagine um, you're a female photographer, um, and uh, what you want to do is then you you a female portrait photographer. You could then use LinkedIn to connect with um, maybe target business women. What you want to be doing is you're connecting with business women or uh, like people who are like managers or or female entrepreneurs uh, in your area, and you you build your profile around being the um, the go-to photographer for for busy professional mams. So yes, you're a mam. Uh, you know, yes, you're a businesswoman. Yes, you're successful. Yes, you're very busy, but you still have kids. You still have a family. And you're still creating memories with that family and, and you're the photographer to help them create memories. So you will maybe come to their home and do um, lifestyle shoots in their home or you'll go to the local park. So what you do is you, you connect. You're not connecting with that potential client as a business to business. You're trying to connect with them through similarity. So you're both females, you're both in business and you're both are parents. Okay. So you connect. So you connect them with something where you've got like a bit of interest with each other, you know. Uh, so that's how you build the the bond or the relationship through that. Um, another one for like wedding photography is try and uh, just don't try and just be like a general wedding photographer. Try and become a, a specialist type of wedding photographer. So you could be a wedding photographer who specialises in uh, weddings for people who love the outdoors. And love the countryside. Nice. So that that is the type of so you're connecting. So you will be connecting with maybe hotels as well. So you want to try. So you can use your um, your profile not to just connect with people who are going to be your end client, like people who get married, but people, other vendors who you can build joint partner relationships with, you know, uh, referral partner relationships with, and that's something we did massively. Uh, you know, we got so much work from bridal shop companies uh, because. You know, a, a woman will, will will go and she'll choose our venue, then she'll choose her dress, then she'll choose her photographer. Yeah, it's it's usually that particular route, you know. So what you want to do is you want to connect with somebody who's before you in the chain, which will be like venues and bridal shops, you know, like makeup artists and uh, wedding cakes and cars. They come after the photographer. So, so the chances are, funny enough, my ex-girlfriend, we were together for 10 years and we had like a, uh, we ran a boudoir business together as one of the five businesses within my, co- my company and she did like the hair and makeup. I used to give her about 20 to 30 weddings a year, um, referrals that, wow. that would book. She would give me about two, but she would try and sell me just as much as uh, I would try and sell her. You know, she, she would do 60 to 80 weddings a year. But every time somebody went to book her, it's, oh, my boyfriend's a photographer. He's brilliant. Oh, we've, we've had our photographer booked for, for over a year because she comes a lot further down the line. Right. Then, you know, it's, it always goes venue, dress, photographer. That's usually how it works. So use your LinkedIn profile to connect with wedding coordinators, wedding venues, bridal shops within this particular area. And then aim yourself at a particular niche, maybe country house wedding photographer, wedding photographer for people who love the outdoors or something like that. You know, be, be a bit different. Don't just be a general wedding photographer. So when you're making that connection with those places on LinkedIn, whether it's the venues, et cetera, just the fact that you have that connection, that I guess what that means is when those wedding clients are going to the venue and they're going to the, whether it's the bakery or the the dress shop or what have you, they're probably going to just naturally see your stuff connected to them too. Is that kind of the idea that you're getting at? Uh, initially, but then I think what you want to do as the relationships grow, and especially if you start doing photographs at their venue, you know, so if you, you've yeah. 
if you've connected with the venue, then, you know, you're going to start tagging them in. Uh, you're going to give them images to use in their, their promotional stuff. But then you can start building, um, and I've done this loads of times before, you know, building a personal relationship right. with the, uh, the wedding coordinator. And then you can say, look, I tell you what, I know you, you probably have loads of other photographers who hand you brochures, but do you have other photographers who say they'll give you $200 for every single booking you bring? Okay. And then, you know, then they'll suddenly open up their eyes and say, yeah, because I don't want you to recommend us and, and, and really push us if there's nothing back, coming back to you. So how about I create some vouchers and every time somebody uses the voucher that you hand to them, uh, you write your name on it and then I'll give you back a commission. And, you know, and, and I used to love paying commission to bridal shops and venues because if I paid commission out, it meant I'd already taken two or three thousand pounds back in. Yeah. Cool. You know, so you only and I used to go and pay cash as well, which was really, really, you know, when you, you, you first go down and you pay somebody cash. So I used to go, to, you know, go to a bridal shop and, and give the young girl in the bridal shop 200 pounds. She was like, oh, wow. That, you know, that's that, impressive. That, that, that was some, you know, and, and I'll probably give her more money than she's earned in an entire week. And all she's got to do is hand, hand out my leaflets and say, Jeff's fantastic. So the, the second month, you know, her commission was doubled because she just realized the potential of what she could get if she just started pushing me. Yeah, cool. So for the sports photographer, yeah. what might, and what I think about sports photographer, I'm thinking about kind of a generalist, generalist maybe, or shooting, uh, you know, the local uh, baseball team, if you have a local baseball team, soccer teams, football for those outside of the U.S., of course. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm not talking like a pro sports photographer. I'm talking about kind of a local uh, sports photographer. And maybe uh, if there's any other sports that we can think about that don't involve a ball, you know, because most of our sports involve some form of ball. So I'm thinking air shows, car races, uh, things like that. What might uh, a, a photographer in that genre do what what ideas do you have for them well i think that the the whole thing is um is what you're trying to do with with the sports photography side is all too often a, a photographers try and sell a photograph and usually that's not what you want to be selling you want to be selling the end solution okay. um or the end the end need now people aren't um funny enough one of my most successful clients or one of the one of my clients who got probably one of the biggest amount of success just from LinkedIn in a small space of time was a sports photographer with a, uh, a bit of a strange niche. He was, uh, he, he worked, he worked a full-time job in IT. Uh, he's based in Zurich in Switzerland and, um, uh, this guy called Fabrizio and he'd, he'd contacted me via LinkedIn, joined the six steps program. We created his brand around, uh, ice hockey photography because he was just really passionate. He loved ice hockey. He was really passionate about ice hockey. It's something he enjoyed doing. So he found it quite easy to, to, um, to, to envisage this as a full-time job because he had such a, a passion for it. And ice hockey is really big over there anyway. It's the equivalent of sort of like um, football in the United Kingdom, you know? Sure. So, so what he started doing was just every time he was going along to a game, he was taking his cameras, getting pictures. He started posting. And, but he started posting on under the under his profile was he wasn't just an ice hockey photographer. He was capturing the action on the ice to promote your brand on social media. Cool. So, you know, his he was saying his images captured all the action. It, cre it created an impact. And those images got you more likes, got you more share shares. Uh, it got you more engagement on your social media profile. 
and that that sort of approach because people don't buy buy pictures just for that oh I'll just have a picture you put a picture on and if you see it gets a lot of likes you're like wow that picture's done us well it's created something for the brand it's got people, more people to interact with us socially um, so he started doing that and then within about it was weird because he joined the program and then every two or three weeks we're speaking on the phone um, and we're going through the branding thing and I'm helping with the LinkedIn and telling them how to connect and what messages to send out and then all of a sudden he just goes off radar and I, I didn't speak to him for about three months but I did try because I always say when people come on the program I, I kick the backside a bit and I'm saying you know and I was just sending him messages I wasn't getting any replies uh, and then about four months later he was uh, Jeff uh, I need to speak to you and I thought oh no <laughs> he's not happy because because I haven't spoken to him for four months but I have been trying you know so, right, right. so we, we rigged up a Skype call and I says oh look I'm really really sorry I have been trying he went no no he says the fault is mine he says but he says some good news he says you've changed my life and I was like what he wow. says, uh, he says uh, well I've left my job my IT job which was this was like a two year plan you know he says, I've left my job in IT. I was like, no way. He went, yes. He says, those posts, uh, he says, and he, d- he did tell us the name of the team, but it didn't mean anything to me because I don't know ice hockey and I'm not from Switzerland. Right. He says, but, he says, basically, it's the equivalent of uh, Manchester United in the okay. United Kingdom, right? Wow. He says, so it's like one of the top teams. He says, they approached me because they'd seen some of their pictures and says, right, how much would it cost for you to be our photographer, you know, do stuff with us. So, <laughs> nice. so he, so, so he gets a job with them, starts doing some pictures and guess who their sponsor was. It was, you know, tag watches. Oh yeah. So he then gets a job with tag watches shooting for them who then gets him another job. And, and he kept telling us bit by bit. And I was like, no way, no, that's impossible. Yeah. You know, and he went, no, and he said, it gets better. He says, so I started doing work for tag and he says, there was a guy from Tag who had a connection with Formula One. Says, "Is there any chance you can go to Italy and do some work for us in Italy with Formula One?" And he's like, "Jeff, it's just like this is just a dream." I was like, "No, I kind of believe that, you know." And it's just from getting that out there, selling selling the engagement as opposed to the image, and ultimately, you know, people people all these people who were connecting with him and wanting him to work because he's a very very likable person, and he wasn't trying to sell; he was just trying to be himself and be of, of benefit to people then they, they were just falling over themselves to, to recommend them to other people and stuff because it, it comes back to, you know, people buy from people they like. Um, awesome. So, yeah, he's, st- he's still in the group. He's still liking and commenting in my private group, uh, but he's, he's absolutely flying along, you know. And, then, and it was just by selling a different approach, not, tr- not trying to sell images, trying to sell the engagement and how it's going to improve your brand, how it's going to, you know, get you more followers, a bigger reach. Uh, a bigger a bigger voice for your brand online awesome very cool and one other niche that i thought of too the the more commercial photography you've mentioned like hotels and the like uh i wouldn't even know where to begin with that because it seems to me like if i wanted to go shoot for a hotel i'd have to go to their you know make inroads with their corporate office but is this something where there's something with the local you know, hotel, I'm thinking of someone that's maybe in the Caribbean or anything like that. There's any, any assortment of these large brands. Uh, if someone were into the commercial side of things, uh, in particular with hotels, et cetera, or we can branch it out to other areas, what type of, what type of connections and how are they going to maximize their use with that connection, uh, there on LinkedIn? Well, funny enough, some of my, um, some of my most successful clients are, from a commercial point of view, are hotel photographers. Okay. Um, and one of the reasons being is the hospitality trade 
is is one of the few industries that totally re- realizes and uh, embraces photography and puts so much value onto it. Because let's just think of it from a personal basis, right? You're going to go on holiday. Say you're going on holiday to London, right? And you've never been to London before. Uh, so you jump on booking.com. You go in and you start looking at rooms. Are you going to book a room where the picture looks crap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <You know? laughs> That's the answer. No. But it, <laughs> You know, so so that's it. So if you jump, if you jump on, you know, I could be booking a hotel. You know, um, I'm going to possibly going to uh, New York in July. So I'm going to when I'm on Booking.com, I'm just going to be the first thing I'm going to be that's going to make me book is the picture. If the picture looks absolutely awesome, and I'm like, wow. The second stage before I book is I might jump onto TripAdvisor and just check out the the reviews just to make sure the you know the the genuine reviews and sure. and and then what people are saying about it. But so hotels and, and restaurants as well understand the value of really good images because a really good image, you know, a really good picture of a gorgeous steak and chips that is posted on a, on a, a Facebook news feed for that restaurant can get thousands and thousands of likes and shares with women tagging in their boyfriend and saying, Dave, we've got to go here next Friday for steak night, you know? Sure. So, so you know, but if you put a crappy, horrible picture that's been taken by a mobile phone underneath the um, the heat lamps as it's coming out from the, the kitchens <laughs> and it looks yellow and it looks crap and then you post that that's not going to make people go wow i really want to eat that you know right so what i tell my clients again to do is you know tell them that you don't just take photographs you take beautiful stunning photographs of the hotel rooms and facilities that uh, that tell the, the hotel story tell the to create uh, create the, the hotel's feel because each each hotel will have a feel that it wants to create. Some hotels are luxury hotels. Some hotels are family friendly hotels. So you, you basically it says that it embraces your brand, captures the atmosphere, you know, and 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 gets basically you're not selling photographs. You're selling more bookings. Yeah. I, I create images that get you more rooms booked. I create images that puts bums on seats in the restaurant because your food can actually be practically smelt and tasted through the newsfeed. It looks that delicious. Yeah. And, and that's how you go about it. Now, if you've got no experience, if, you know, you're a brilliant photographer, you quite like the idea of that, but you've, you haven't got uh, any stock imagery. What I say is just go to the, go to the top of the game, go to the big boys and just go in and knock on the knock on the door. You know, got the reception. Say hi. Is the manager about? Can I have a little word? I just I've just got I've just got something to offer him for free. So and I did this when we first got into hospitality. And if you think of it right, if you go and photograph uh, Joe's bed and breakfast, that's not going to look that very impressive on your um, on your LinkedIn profile and on your uh, on your social media. But if you've just photographed the Hilton or the Marriott, then that's going to look really good on your social media. Yeah, there's a little profile, something extra right? there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So I just went in and I just, I was, um, straightforward with the guy and I just said, look, I've been a photographer for 10 years. Uh, we're trying to break into the hospitality trade because we realized that would be something we'd really love to do. I'm very experienced. Um, I can show you a load of photographs for like the uh, construction industry that we've done. And I said, I really like your hotel. You've got a gorgeous hotel. It's lovely. And I mean, look at the views from your windows. It's fantastic. I said, how about, I would normally charge a thousand pound to do a half day's photography. If I can use the images in my own website, can I come along and do the half day's photography for you for your charge? And you can do what you want with the images. The guy nearly took my hand off. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Because what you got to remember is a lot of these uh, a lot of these hotels as well. They'll have their own, 
you know, they'll be in control of the marketing budgets. And then a lot of them, especially the franchise hotels, uh, they, at the end of the week, they'll have to phone their head office and put in their sales figures. So, you know, so they're all, they're all up against targets. So if he thinks he can get something for free that's going to help him reach his target a bit more, or sell his services yeah. a bit more, then he's going he's to jump at it, you know? Yeah, why not? So, yeah, so, you know, if you're confident about your ph- photography, just, you know, just go in. If, if you get knocked back by the, the the Marriott's and the Hilton's, then don't stop, you know, go for the next thing that's, or go for something that's really, um, it, there might be a hotel in your in your city that people, you know, it's not a big chain one, but it's an independent, right. but it's quite luxurious and everybody knows it. So then go for that one. Go for something that people will recognize because people wouldn't then look at your profile and go, oh, he must be good if he's doing photographs for them. Right. You know, no, nobody knows that you did the photographs for your charge. And it doesn't matter that you did them for your charge. You know, you're not, you're not telling a lie or anything. You just right. say, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, I did do photographs for the Hilton. Yeah, very good. Yeah, in, in my area, we've got this hotel that has been around since like forever. Uh, but in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, they revamped it, remodeled everything, spent millions of dollars, and now it's this really swanky place. And that would be something where it's not connected with any other chain, but that would be a good starting point. I'm sure those ideas, like, you know, I'm sure there are in lots of other towns too. I, mean, I live in a very small town and we've got this really well-known, really swanky place. There's there's bound to be other places like that. And then they'll, that's just, that does sound like a really good starting off point for, then you have other content that you can put on LinkedIn. And when we put that stuff on LinkedIn, you know, there's the options of hashtagging and stuff. How valuable is that when we make our posts uh, for for these new things that we're doing well, um, one of the things with hashtags on LinkedIn is, is uh, what I would what I would do is lay it, um, lay it in a out in a way that's not it's not like Instagrammy type and it's not like um, Twitter type. So you you'd write your your, your post, yeah, so your thirteen hundred character post. Obviously, you're going to have to leave. Um, you're going to have to make it maybe twelve hundred characters because you're going to have to have room for your uh, characters for your hashtags. Okay. So then, so you write your post and then you would put your hashtags in, but what I do is I create maybe two or three lines down. So just press the return bar down. So, so the hashtags are separated from your content. Okay. So it's, you don't have it inside of your content because it's spoiled and it spoils the readability. Then just put it at the bottom and they say, don't use any more than five. Five is about the maximum on LinkedIn. Keep it industry related, but also keep it related for what your ideal clients are looking for. So, uh, for instance, I got a, one of my clients, I, I picked him up the other week on his LinkedIn posting because I'd seen he, he'd used about 20 odd hashtags. I says, no, no, keep it down to to um, to four or five. And I says, but all his hashtags was headshot photography, personal branding photography, uh, um, um, business portraiture photography. So it was all related to his headshots and photography. And I says, no, I says, we, you know, I says, try doing a few um, hashtags that are relevant to the people who you're trying to connect with. So say, for instance, you might be trying to connect with um, people in business. So why not hashtags hashtags like uh, business inspiration okay, or uh, business branding or something like that, you know? So, so don't just make it all about the photography, make it, make it about your ideal client as well. What's going through their mind? What are they looking for? Not, not just necessarily from the photography point of view. Very good. Yeah. That, always putting it into their perspective as something that can be tough for us to do. And, yeah, you know, yeah. for like myself, I definitely have to be trained to do that, mm. which is a little odd for me to think of because that's what I train my students to do. Mm. But 
I train them also in the in the, to interpret their client's message, not necessarily to come up with their own message. <laughs> and that, so that's where I yeah. think we have a difference uh, as well. Because as a designer, as a photographer, for what I train my students, it's all about understanding what the client needs and then being able to speak to that and design for that. And this is where we just need to bridge that gap and say, okay, we need to think, uh, put ourselves in their shoes. What are they looking for? And how can I speak to that? That's what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah. And I think another another thing to do, I mean, this isn't to do with hashtags, but what I often tell people is uh, when we do the first part of the the program, the branding part of the program, uh, I have this big section. um, It's about creating desire and, and fear. And and this is it's, it's understanding what because you, you clients might have a desire for something but they also have a fear yeah and the fear is the thing that stops them taking the step forward so if you go if, for for instance we take a mother who's got three kids and one's two one's four and the other six um she wants some beautiful photographs but the fear is that she knows her kids might absolutely kick off in the studio. She's going to be totally mortified and embarrassed and she <laughs> yep. just can't bring herself to, she can't bring herself to to bring her three. Uh, rather excitable boys down to the studio. So how can, as a photographer, how can you approach that? Well, you, you use the approach of, I'm a parent too, you know, yeah. so you're connecting on the same level. I know that kids aren't perfect. Mine are far from it. Yeah. And that's why every time I do a shoot, we spend a good 15 minutes familiarizing myself with the kids, having a bit of fun, engaging with them so that when we pick up the camera, they're ready and willing to go ahead. You know, so that you're going to get some beautiful photographs. It, we're not not banging it down to one hour. If it takes a little bit longer, it takes a bit a little bit longer because all I want in the end is you to be over the moon with your pictures. So if the kids kick off, don't worry, I can handle it. Yeah, believe me. You know, if you think your kids are bad, I've had worse. And <laughs> yeah. and then and, and and suddenly you're like, oh right, oh thank God, that's such a relief. Right, we'll book up, we'll come along. Cool. You know, so it's 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 thinking about. Every single client has a potential fear that, um, you know, like, like mine, right? I sort of like evaluated um, what my potential clients' fears were. And there's, the two, there's two real fears. The first thing is how much, yeah, mentoring programs are expensive. How much is this going to cost? So obviously I, I approached that with, a, um, with doing like a payment plan for them as well. But most people t- tended to find that there wasn't, it wasn't as expensive as what, what they thought. But the other potential fear is, Yes, it's another marketing or mentoring course. I'll sign up to it and I probably won't do it. And I'll say no, because <laughs> if you sign up to my program, I will kick your ass and I'll, I, I will phone you up. I will send you messages. I will tag you in the group and say, you haven't booked a call with us for three weeks. Get on the phone. Let's do it because I want you to succeed because I love people to succeed. And obviously when they, when they realize the potential and they start succeeding, they give me fantastic reviews. So it's, so I think with every single photographer, you know, you look and think what, what, what's putting my ideal client off booking and how can I connect with them and, and help them overcome that fear. Very good. And then, once I've, you know, once I've, like a, a typical wedding photographer one, you know, wedding photographers, when I first started out in wedding photography, I realized, um, that, most wedding photographers are very, very selfish. They only think about themselves. It's all about the, their, you know, them creating the images. And, and, and a lot of the brides don't want that. A lot of the brides want photographs captured throughout the day 
without it being you know hours and hours of their time taken out because right. they want to see all the families and friends they want to spend time they don't want to be dragged from pillar to post and treated like a model and, and have to repose over and over and over again so i approach them in a different way you know so i approach them as it's your big day you know we're going to be there for you so you can enjoy yourselves we'll capture all the all the fun the romance and the excitement of your big day but in a way that's hassle free where you can just enjoy the time with your family and friends and all the people you love, because that's what you've booked the day for, mm-hmm. not to be dragged for letter post by a photographer. And straight away, that's where we had a connection with the brides. Because the funny thing was, you know, I'm not the best wedding photographer in the world, but I made an absolute fortune from wedding photography and became very, very successful. And I photographed over 750 weddings myself, but not because I'm an amazing wedding photographer, because I'm not, but I could connect with the bride. And the funny thing is, my, you know, most of my clients could not tell the difference between my wedding pictures and the wedding pictures of an award-winning top photographer in New York, you know, because sure. they, they physically can't tell. They look at a picture and go, oh, they look, they look really sharp or they look clear. Right. That's about, that's about their level of judging a photograph. What she's really looking at is the expressions on people's faces. Right. Is she, is she having a good time? Because I, I want to have a good time on my wedding day. And that's why like a lot of wedding photographers, you know, you'll see them posting content on the social media and it'll be a really, really elaborate, beautiful photograph of the, the bride and groom backlit against the castle with fireworks going off. And you think, and you know what? Those type of photographs don't get any get too many likes and shares if they do it's from other photographers right yeah because the bride and groom look at that picture and go oh my god how long did that take to 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 take you know and then right. how long did I have to stand there and 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 but and then they don't want to look like somebody from a magazine you know they, but you put out some of some of my most engaging um wedding photos with the most comments are the ones that are just grab photographs you know like confetti shots where people are all over the place the confetti's chucked in the air but everybody's laughing the bride's eyes are wide open she's gazing at her husband she's smiling he's smiling at her and that's what people want what people want to connect with the emotion and the happiness and the expression on the faces they don't give a toss about leading lines and rule of thirds and all that that you know because they're not photographers right for sure and and that's yeah that's the big difference and you know when you say you compare your work to that of another photographer if you can have that rapport built up, that positive experience that they're having with you certainly informs how they view your pictures anyway. So you have a leg up there too, and that probably inspires them to uh, talk about you more and, and make referrals simply because you had a good relationship to begin with. And so it all comes back to that building and being helpful and building the relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's totally right. That's totally right. I mean, you can go, you know, you can go to some of the best restaurants in the world, right? and the serve fantastic beautiful gourmet food but if you get rude uh rude waiters or bad service that food never tastes as good that's right you know but you could go to a restaurant that the food isn't gourmet michelin star but you get amazing service to look after you you'll keep going back yeah absolutely you know you know so what one last topic i want to kind of sort of cover and this one's a little bit touchy for me because this is something that i want to be careful on how i uh, approach it But that is because I do love my day job, but I have this insatiable desire to be fully self-employed doing something in photography. I just love photography that much. If I can breathe and live it even more, I'm a happy person kind of a thing. At least historically, I would say I stink at marketing. And this has certainly been helpful. I've been on this trying to learn everything I can about these types of things 
for the, what it feels to me like the longest time. But help me understand what can I do to get me over that hump uh, and moving in the right direction. And I want to couple that with another question, and that is, there's lots of different things that I could, you know, we, that we just got done talking about. Whether it's the nature photographer, the travel photographer idea, and I'll throw in there too, the idea that I do these online courses and and uh, in person workshops. That's an awful lot to throw at somebody. Would it be good to? niche down to something very honed in and very specific, or is it still good to find a way to be able to talk about those three ideas in my business that, and others, you know, may have, you know, not those specific items, but they may have, you know, the the different portrait ideas, the different sports and other commercial ideas that they do. How should we be combining all of that or not combining all of that in LinkedIn uh, but then also anything else that could help me get over that hump and moving in the right direction to just being able to support my family. Cause that's really the only thing I'm, I care about. Well, I certainly, I would say make money, but yeah. it, it's about supporting my family and being able to uh, do that through what I absolutely love and dream about doing for ever since I was a teenager, basically. Well, what I would do is um, with LinkedIn, I mean, if you look at my LinkedIn profile for an example, First of all, what you do is you, you create a niche. So you definitely have to. That is one biggest thing on LinkedIn. You've got to go a niche. So you, you can so you direct your profile ta- profile to a, t- a particular style of photography or type of photography, a photography offering, and then direct that to a particular market or area. So in your case, I would probably use the workshops and the online courses for LinkedIn because LinkedIn is going to give you a platform to reach basically all all around the world for the for the you know, if you're doing stuff online. Yeah. So then you can be connecting with photographers who want to learn about a particular thing. So say, for instance, you were offering wedding courses, you could talk about connect with wedding photographers anywhere in the world on LinkedIn, and that would be your profile, you know? Okay. Now, if you look at if you look at mine, I, I sell mentoring and marketing um, packages for photographers, but, you know, I've got a friend who's got a gym, I've helped him, I've got another friend who's got a... Uh, hotel. I've got another friend who's got a, a men's clothing shop. So I've been helping them with their marketing as well. Um, I've, I've done quite a lot of stuff on social media for people. But because I've niched my profile down just to photographers, I've become very, very relevant to photographers. So that's why that's why lots of photographers want to connect with me because they see my profile and they see my profile title. My profile title, you've got a 120 uh, character title, which is your professional headline. Sure. Uh, now, now most people will put in something very general. So they'll put in freelance photographer. I personally don't think you should ever use the word freelance photographer anymore. Okay. Years ago, years ago, yes, because that meant you were the creme de la creme. You could choose, pick and choose your jobs. Now the word freelance is becoming very um, familiarized with things like freelancer.com, fiverr.com, places like that. Mm, it's making yeah. you look like it's making you look like a jack of all trades. And and now one of the best ways for photographers to succeed is to be a specialist, to be, don't try and be the photographer for everyone. Try and be the photographer for that 20% or 10%. Be, because if you, if you try and be special to everybody, then basically you'll be special to nobody. Right. Because you can't, you can't please everybody. So you, when you, when you offer a service to a particular type of people, you can be the perfect fit for that ideal client. So, so the first thing is to niche your profile down and, and make, and make your profile like an, an offering. So your, your profile will be to, you know, offering online courses to photographers. However, 
you can still have company pages for your nature photography. So you can add, and what that does is, is when people scroll down and they see that you have other pages, company pages for, so you could be doing online courses for wedding photographers, but you also run a portrait studio, but that wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking about your portrait studio on your LinkedIn profile. You'd be just talking about your online courses, but having a company page for your, on your experience, showing that you own a portrait studio, all that does is adds authority to you. So it makes okay. you look like, oh, this, this guy is good because not only does he sell the, the online courses, he's also, he also a photographer himself and he runs a studio. So, so it's building your authority up, but you're not trying to sell. You're not trying to send a, a, a mixed message by trying to sell portraits as well at the same time. All right. You see what I mean? So, because if you're trying to sell your courses, then trying to sell your portraits, then yeah. it looks like, oh, this, this guy's doing anything to try and get some money in. Right. But when you're just specializing in one thing, but what you got to remember as well is, you know, you can, I, I have um, a guy, John Rice, I've just been working with sorting his profile out. He's in Western Australia. He's a, he's a wedding photographer, but he's just broke into the hospitality trade uh, and just got some cracking work um, with, through LinkedIn uh, with uh, Jamie Oliver. Uh, and, and actually Jamie, and met Jamie Oliver two weeks ago when he was out and did a shoot with Jamie Oliver in, in Perth. But, if you look at his profile on LinkedIn, he is a hospitality trade photographer. But on his, his profile, he still has a connection to his wedding photography business. Okay. But his wedding photography, his wedding photography, he promotes and publicizes through Facebook because that's where his brides are. Okay. So you you remember you you know you you can be you can be four or five different photographers. But be a different photographer on a different, you know, be a be a portrait photographer on Instagram, be a wedding photographer on Facebook, and be a, a hotel photographer on LinkedIn. Yeah, that sounds Take good. Taking niches to different platforms. Thank you so very much for being here. I think it's about time to wrap it up. And tell us where folks, certainly there's going to be some places where folks can find you online or other things you want to draw their attention to. Uh, I know you said the book is going to be out, the updated book, I should say, because you've already had the book and now you've updated the book about yeah. LinkedIn for photographers. And yeah. where can we buy that? And then other things that you want to lead us to. Uh, well, you can find me just if you just um, type in Jeff Brown, the photographer's mentor on LinkedIn and then um, connect with me. It'd be great to great to connect and drop us a message, say that you've heard us on the podcast and ask any questions you want. Uh, the book is called The Photographer's Missing Link. Um, that that's on Amazon. Uh, as I said, the second edition is coming out tomorrow to the updated version. And I'm busy I'm about a third of the way through uh, my next book, which is called The Photographer's Blueprint to Success. And it's 21 chapters, each chapter covering, you know, some of the stuff. With, so the first thing is, is goal setting and branding and creating desire and, and, and pricing and websites. So it's, it's basically going to be a chapter of everything you can do because i think that the problem with a lot of photographers is just bombarded in loads of different directions from ideas going through the heads of what they should be doing but there should be a, a definite progression of how you start to how you finish um so yeah i would say linkedin and i also have um a facebook facebook group i'm setting up a, a private facebook group for photographers as well so they can go through facebook and um just connect with me at focus on marketing on facebook and then i can join them into the group as well that way all right so this one because i found another one of your uh groups on facebook but you had to be a part of your your um marketing plan idea so this is this focus on marketing one the one that's uh, open to anyone yeah so so focus on marketing is um 
is my own Facebook page. And then okay. there's another group which anybody can join. And if they just type in uh, the, the Photographer's LinkedIn Success Group, and that group is going live tomorrow um, when the new book comes out. Uh, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm record, going to record a load of videos to go in there that can be watched alongside the the book so you can read the book and then you can watch the videos you don't have to buy the book you can just come in and watch the videos if you want and then what i want to do is is maybe in in a few weeks time is start going in there once a week and just doing a live q a session for anybody who has any questions uh, like you said no questions a stupid question uh if you've got a question about linkedin ask it and I'd, I'd be more than happy to help very cool very good love love hearing all that because that's just there's so much that you've said that i just know completely jives with my my personal goals and desires. I may not be very good at expressing that sometimes, and it's about learning to express that effectively. And I think that's part of where I, where I struggle is just making sure I'm expressing that appropriately and effectively and uh, getting what's in my mind, getting it out right. <laughs> that yeah, can be a yeah. challenge and you know sometimes. What, one of the, the best things about LinkedIn and that, and one of the, what I'm so passionate about it is um, – you know, Microsoft paid twenty-six billion pound for for LinkedIn um, just it was it two years ago. They wouldn't spend that sort of money if they didn't have massive um, projection for LinkedIn, which right. they have. You know, they they six hundred and sixty million users, but they want to get two billion users. They're completely transforming the, the platform, and at the moment, the platform isn't over oversaturated with photographers. Ninety percent of photographers who are on there haven't got a clue what they're doing and aren't using it potentially using it to its full potential. And, the, and, and a lot, a huge proportion of the photographers that I work with who are coming through the program or just working with me on one-to-one -one basis or reading blogs and stuff and are starting to change the way they approach on LinkedIn and starting to post relevant, helpful content on a daily basis, they are seeing phenomenal success and, and, and a turnaround of the business because nobody else is doing it. So right. it, it's a time to get in there now while you know, while every other photographer still thinks that LinkedIn somewhere you upload your CV and you shouldn't be, you know, but it, it should be the place you are. Um, and I think it, things in maybe a couple of years time, it might change quite a bit and then it might start getting a little bit oversaturated. But at the moment, it's a fantastic marketplace for you to be in there and connecting with your ideal clients before, before your competitors do. Yep. Very good. All right. Thanks again so much. I really appreciate you being here and talking over these things with me and hopefully listeners, we can, uh, I know a lot of this stuff was about me and my experience. Hopefully uh, we've broadened it out enough and you can apply that same type of response that he gave to you and your experience. Of course, that's, that would be the ultimate goal that we're able to do is, is to help you guys along with what you guys are doing with your photography as well. So, Jeff, again, just thank you. I'm I'm really grateful that you're here and you've been a big help, I know, to me, and I'm I'm pretty sure you've been a big help to my listeners as well. Fantastic. Thanks again, Brent. You betcha. Have a good one. You as well. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that wraps up our interview today, folks. Thank you so much for being here and for listening into this. As this is kind of a special episode, we are not going to do the doodads this week, but we are going to certainly run through a few announcements and reminders. Just remember, our home for the show is over at masterphotographypodcast.com, where you can find all of these links that we're talking about. You can head on over there and you can scroll all the way down to the bottom. That's usually where the links reside. So masterphotographypodcast.com. You can certainly find us on the Facebook group, Master Photography Podcast. Just search for that on Facebook. 
and you'll be able to hit that join button if you like. We will need you to answer one question that is one of the hosts of the show. Certainly my name will work, Brent. We've also got Connor, Erica, Brian, and Jeff. That'll work just fine as well. And you can find my work over at brentbergham.com. That's where I've got my recently published course on master photo printing. So if you happen to have any questions and you want to dive deep and understanding what it takes, not only to get good color out of your screen and good consistent color going on, of course, the whole idea there is to go to printing and to seeing that image in print. So if you want to bring more into your photography and bring it into the real world, and whether you have your own printer or you're going with an online printer, an online lab, doesn't matter which way you're going, you're going to learn all the tools you need to get good, consistent prints and good, consistent color out of your images. I'm bringing that on the road too. I'm going to Denver in July. So you can look at the info on my website. So just find the little workshops button and then you can look at the Denver one day print workshop. And by doing that, you'll be able to join me in Denver in late July and we'll be able to have a fantastic time coming together, getting some great prints. Thanks so much for the Lone Tree Photo Club for hosting this event. You can also join me in Walla Walla and the Palouse in mid-June, where we're going to spend a total of five days together. We're heading out for three days of photography, and then on that third day, we're going to transition to starting some printing as well, and then we'll finish up with the final two days of photography and printing, and it's just going to be a fantastic time where we're out shooting these gorgeous locations in Southeast Washington, and then we're going to learn that print process from the very beginning all the way through the end, getting some fantastic quality prints coming out. You can also check out my Latitude Photography Podcast over at latitudephotographypodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for my name, Brent Bergham Photo. I'm on Instagram at Brent Bergham. And I'm also on YouTube. So just search for my name over there. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again in another seven days. Seven days.